ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 and 9.30. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, June 16th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines. How do you do that? Well, it's real simple. It's 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, our sponsor this hour. We appreciate them for bringing us our phone lines. So today... We found out basketball tournament pairings. It was sort of like Selection Sunday because we don't have basketball right now. And guess what? As it always happens, because somewhere, somewhere, somebody thought it would be a great idea to pair at all times, anytime there's a tournament, Marshall and West Virginia. So once again... Somebody thought, hey, you know what? Let's pair this Marshall alumni team with this West Virginia alumni team. And thus, the basketball tournament set the bracket. So there you go. $1 million tournament, July 5th, ESPN Networks. And Best Virginia faces off against Heard That. Going to be played under quarantine at Nationwide Arena in Columbus, July 4th through the 14th. So we've got basketball. That's the good news. We got basketball. That's coming back. The bad news is somebody again thought it would be a great idea to put West Virginia alumni and Marshall alumni not even in the same quadrant. It's all right, one of you teams are going home right away. We can't have too much West Virginia alumni going on here or Marshall alumni. We can't have too much West Virginia here. We're, we're sending one of you home. It should be fun, though. I'll tell you what, this is going to generate a lot of interest in the state because, again, I mean, you look at Best Virginia's team. I mean, they're loaded. Deshaun Butler's on this team. Juwan Staten's on this team. Kevin Jones on this team. I'm just looking up and down. I, I don't see where there's a bad player on this team. And then, if you're a Herd fan... You got to love Marshall's alumni team or the team full of Marshall alum and then some. Ryan Taylor. Who doesn't love Ryan Taylor? If you're a Herd fan, you love Ryan Taylor. What about Stevie Browning on this team? He's becoming a mainstay. CJ Burks on this team. John Elmore on this team. My guy, Rondell Watson on this team. Ott Elmore on this team because this is an Elmore and Elmore production. And then you've got some guys to fill it out, guys they know. So you have Ryan Luther, played at Pittsburgh and Arizona. You have Zach Smith from Texas Tech. You got Ja'Cory Williams from Middle Tennessee State. little Conference USA flavor going on here. And then you got Chris Coakley from UAB. So Coakley and Williams, little flavor from Conference USA, playing on this team with the brothers Elmore and then some. We're going to talk to John Elmore. He comes on the program here in about 25 minutes or so. He'll be coming on about 5.30. Looking forward to talking to him. Now, I'm going to ask the question. I'm just That's my first question. Why Marshall and West Virginia in the first round? Couldn't we just get maybe like 
a couple of rounds in thinking, oh, hey, will they meet? Well, this would be pretty cool if they meet. They got to get through some teams first. Maybe they put them on the opposite side of each other. I mean, because after all, the thing's not right now being controlled by geography. Geography plays nothing in this now. So we're going to talk to, from the basketball tournament here in a few minutes, Jake Pervoski. Pervoski, we're going to get it right. We're going to find out here when we talk to him here in the next few minutes. I'm going to go with Jake Pervoski right now until further notice. We didn't get a pronunciation guide here today in the show notes, so we'll just take what we have and run with it. Basketball tournament, going to get a lot of people fired up because this is going to be a great year for them. Now, the circumstances are not great, but the fact that we don't have live sports, hockey still a ways off, we don't know if we'll get baseball this year, and the NBA, still not sure what that's going to look like. We have golf. We have NASCAR. We have various professional soccer leagues or football leagues. We have that going on right now. So there are things happening. But the four majors, we don't have anything from the four majors just yet. No NBA. No NFL. But, of course, the NFL just trending along because their schedule hasn't started yet. So they're fine. NBA they got to get their season finished soon. they got to figure this out, get it going. The NHL, they're moving right along, trying to get this thing concluded, play for the Stanley Cup. Baseball, I don't even know what those guys are thinking. No idea. Some of them maybe just don't want to play this year. And I was talking more owners because I'm sure the players are like, Look, tell us where, let's go, we want to play, let's do this. So, We'll figure that out as we progress through the weeks and, unfortunately, the months as we continue to deal with the aftermath of a pandemic. But the basketball tournament, that's where we're going to start. So when we come back from break, we're going to talk about this bracket a little bit more. We'll talk with from the basketball tournament, Jake Pervoski, and we'll get that correct pronunciation. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to own it right now. I don't have it until I get it. We're not going to edit this in post. We're just going to roll with it until we get a correct pronunciation. When we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It sort of felt like Selection Sunday earlier this afternoon. We've got the bracket for the basketball tournament. We haven't had basketball in too long. We knew that Marshall would have a shot of getting an alumni team in the tournament, and so it felt like we were back to business here, and we get the bracket today, and guess what? Um, Just like a couple years ago in the NCAA tournament, somebody has a sense of humor because Best Virginia, the West Virginia alumni team, will be facing off in the first round against the Marshall alumni team. I've heard that, and joining us from the basketball tournament, Jake Pervorsky, and and Jake – that's got to be my first question. Marshall, West Virginia, uh, come on, that wasn't random. You know better. That was not random. I I, I couldn't say it wasn't random. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, when, when you take a look at this 2014 field, there are a lot of good teams in the mix here. Um, and, and we you can make a case very easily for those teams to be where they were seated. Um, you know, some of these things work out a little more organically than you think. But, uh, you know, we, we sat down as a committee. We looked at the field. 
Uh, we put the bracket together and we, and we, you know, kind of realized that, hey, we have this great first round matchup uh, together. Why mess with it? Um, I, I think it's exciting. I think it's great for, for the state of West Virginia to be able to showcase, you know, their talent from two great schools on ESPN. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing who comes out on top. I, I am too, but still, you look at that and you're going, okay, best Virginia, okay, Marshall's going to be there. And you're right, it's going to generate a lot of interest in the state. And West Virginia, both with the Marshall alumni team and, of course, best Virginia, their alumni team last year, uh, really added a lot of interest and a lot of flavor to last year's basketball tournament. Unfortunately, Charleston, West Virginia doesn't get to uh, play host to uh, some of these games this year with the revised format, but you got a lot of interest from the state and from this region. Yeah, we're really excited about it. Uh, it was unfortunate we weren't able to come to Charleston this summer. We were really looking forward to it, um, being able to play in front of West Virginia, being able to play in front of Marshall fans. Uh, we're eager to hopefully be able to to finally get that done next summer and hopefully being able to play uh, in front of a sold-out crowd in the Charleston Coliseum. But, uh, you know, the opportunity on national television with no other sports on, uh, regardless, is still uh, still a great chance for these programs to showcase all the talent they have and the two totally different styles of play. Um, you know, Marshall with the run-and-gun offense, Best Virginia with their, their full-court pressing style, their lockdown defense. It's a really great matchup and a really great opportunity for the schools to show people what they're made of. Jake, I kind of like the format that it is evolved to this year. You you still have the flavor of sort of maybe the regional matchups, but it's condensed. I'm going to have a long stream of basketball where I haven't had that. Um, were you guys trying to figure out what would make the best television matchup now that you had to take the fans away from it? Not necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of different factors that come into to forming a field, especially this year. The first is obviously safety. Um, in, in terms of talking with all of our, our health experts, um, lo- people on the local level, people on, on the federal level, as well as some of our, our consultants on staff, uh, we felt 24 teams was the right number where we could put together a, a really good, exciting tournament um, spanning over the course of 10 days um, while also not having too many people within our bubble um, to risk everyone's health, uh, of both our players as well as our staff members. Uh, and then from there, it's really, you know, there's obviously a talent component that goes into it. I won't say that that's not, you know, a big part of it. But at the same time, uh, we're also looking for, for 24 teams that are understanding of the situation, that have players that are, are compliant with some of the rules and guidelines that we need to put in place to keep everyone safe. Uh, and those are sort of the factors that we all kind of, you know, put together and decided to, to build out our field from there. Now, ESPN put this um, breakdown of all the teams together, and you look top to bottom, and you see you know, what you described earlier. Marshall's going to be a scoring team. West Virginia's going to be a, a defensive team. And you go top to bottom looking at this bracket. You have probably some of the most diverse basketball teams that uh, you've probably seen in the several years that the basketball tournament has, uh, has been in, in place. I, I mean, you think this is probably, despite – everything you've got to go through to get this thing put together, probably some of the best talent, best diversity you've ever seen in style and play? Yeah, uh, 100%. I think we could have put together uh, our best 64-team field this year, like without a doubt, in the seven years of doing this. Uh, but the fact that we had to condense this team, this field even further, I think has just made these teams even more loaded from top to bottom. I mean, our 24th-seeded team, the Jackson, Tennessee Underdogs, was a quarterfinalist last year. It goes to show you the depth and level of talent 
Uh, and not to mention, you know, between the alumni teams and the styles that they bring from the schools um, that they played at, uh, as well as some of these other teams that are kind of loaded with NBA talent guys on the fringes there. Uh, in Team CP3, a lot of these guys grow playing together for Chris Paul's AAU program. Uh, team Hines brings a lot of EuroLeague flavor to the CBT on one team. Uh, you know, top to bottom, it, it is a loaded field, and there are no easy outs in CBT ever, but especially this year. Uh, you know, you're you're going into a really tough, you know, hard-fought battle uh, on day one. Joining us on the program from the basketball tournament is Jake Braborski and Marshall, West Virginia. Alumni teams will meet in the first round. The winner, of course, gets the money team, and uh, that's a matchup I, I want to see, period, no matter which team wins between the Marshall or the West Virginia alumni. Um, over the years, and especially with the situation we're going through now with the pandemic, the basketball tournament has really turned out to be the summer thing to do, and more so now, we need this tournament more than ever. I mean, you hate to be in this situation with the pandemic, but at the same time, we need this tournament. It was definitely a priority of our founder, John Mugar, you know, to really see this through and make it happen because he understood, um, you know, the necessity to kind of have at least some sort of return to normalcy and the ability to watch live sports and sort of, you know, be able to, you know, for a couple hours be lost and be entertained, uh, you know, with some really, you know, talented, high quality basketball. Um, so that was kind of our, our driving focus and motivating factor, uh, you know, to really be able to put on a tournament. Obviously, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through in terms of, you know, safety and guidelines and making sure we're putting a lot of things in place to, to make sure that TBT will be safe. But we're really confident with the plan that we have in place. The state of Ohio is very confident with our plan as well as uh, our players and our, the rest of our participants. Uh, so we're, you know, we're really excited to be able to, to play on ESPN to sort of have that 10 day window. Uh, we're really able to own it. We obviously have, you know, a ton of hardcore fans that have followed TBT since the beginning, but the opportunity to be able to play, uh, on ESPN and some primetime windows and maybe uh, bring in some new fans and hopefully lock them in as, as viewers for life is something that's obviously very appealing to us. I don't want it to sound like I've, I've taken the safety portion for granted and, and mentioned there's a lot that goes into this and Columbus being a great spot for this. Um, how hard was it just to make sure that you could put everything in place to pull this off? You're doing better than some professional leagues are right now. Yeah, I think obviously the ability for us to play this in a short time period is really what has made so many states and locations comfortable with, with trying to bring us in this year. We had five or six locations that we could have gone to, um, but Columbus sort of had the, the most appealing setup in terms of the ability to introduce and, and maintain our, our quarantine, our, our inner island, as we like to call it, um, you know, to make sure that, that all of our guys are safe. So really that was sort of the the, the most interesting part about going to, to Columbus and choosing to go there. But the fact that we were able to do this so quickly, we can play basketball, we can test these guys. There's going to be a minimum of three tests for each participant, one at home, one when they enter the site before they go into a five-day quarantine, and then one coming out of the five-day quarantine. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different levels of precautions that we're taking, and some to an extreme. You know, we've had people tell us that maybe we're testing a little too much. Uh, you know, we're going to – if any player tests positive while they're in that quarantine period on site, uh, it's going to result in the elimination of not only that player, but their team as a whole uh, in the hopes of being able to, you know, save the rest of the tournament participants uh, from any potential spread of COVID. So, um, you know, we are taking things to some extreme, but I, I think because of our willingness to do that and the willingness to condense this field and fit it in 
uh, in a shorter time frame has made it a lot of, you know, made it very appealing to the state of Ohio and the city of Columbus to bring us in. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, not that player is disqualified. The entire team is disqualified. And it, um, it sends a message that if you're serious about this, you're going to have to make sure you take care of yourself and don't put yourself in a position to s- stay safe as possible. And if you want to participate, these are the rules. Without a doubt. I mean, today and, and yesterday was the start of uh, most teams, you know, two-week quarantine period leading up to TBT. Uh, you know, we have, have done the best that we can to emphasize to them um, the importance of wearing masks, of wearing gloves, of, of washing their hands, uh, of limiting their interactions with non-team members, you know, where humanly possible. So, you know, we've, we've done our best to, to focus on those things. We're sending out daily questionnaires to players um, just to check in on them to see uh, if maybe they come in contact with someone they think has COVID, if they have any symptoms that you would see from someone who has COVID, um, you know, just to make sure that these guys are are all in good shape, uh, are all healthy, and then, you know, in the next week or so, these teams will begin taking their at-home tests, and hopefully they get a clean bill of health and, and we're able to bring them all in uh, to our site and, you know, hopefully clear them all to play basketball beginning July 4th on ESPN. Joining us on the program, Jake Pervorsky from the basketball tournament. Marshall alum, West Virginia alum, will be facing off against each other. Uh, this is going to be probably must-see television for all of us here starting July 4th. I mean, really, you also are getting a primetime spot July 4th of the 14th. Um, how will this run? Will it be nonstop basketball? We're just going to turn ESPN on and just not have to turn away? Uh, how, you know, how will this break down so fans can maybe follow along? Yeah, so for the first two days, um, which will be the, the first round of TBT, July 4th and July 5th, uh, we'll have four games each day uh, from there, July 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Um, and our, our quarterfinal, excuse me, our, our round of 16 will be two games a day, uh, and then we'll break things down to our quarterfinals and semifinals as well as our championship game uh, on July 14th. So for those first two days in particular, July 4th and 5th, uh, we'll be nonstop basketball, you know, throughout the, the whole course of the day. So for a lot of people who are already tuning in, you know, looking forward to these matchups, we're excited to have them. Uh, but it'll also be, you know, we're also hopeful to, to lock in the people who may have just been, you know, flipping through channels, happen to see us on ESPN, get locked in and, you know, end up watching this thing for 10 days straight. Uh, we, we see that as, as a tremendous opportunity to really to broaden our audience, uh, to bring in some new fans that may love basketball, but may not necessarily know exactly uh, what TBT is and, and wow them with the, the, the toughness uh, and the intensity uh, that TBT brings every summer. Jake, what is it about this tournament that's made it more successful? Because there have been other attempts of doing summer basketball, other tournaments, but it feels like the basketball tournament from day one has really leapfrogged every other attempt. Of course, the purse doesn't hurt. The the money definitely adds a little more credibility to it. It's not just fly-by-night. But still, it just feels like every other attempt at summer basketball or summer basketball tournament has sort of paled in comparison to the basketball tournament. So I think it's a great question. I think the the money was the initial intrigue around TBT. And for first-year participants, it's always, you know, the eyes on the prize. But as guys step in and play in this thing and they realize what the talent level of basketball is like, it's a lot of guys that play in the NBA, have played in the NBA, or on the fringes. I think this year we're going to have a minimum of 35 NBA guys on rosters this year. So it's the talent level, the fact that these guys are always looking for some good run in the summertime. There's no better place to find that in TBT. Uh, there's an intensity. There's a toughness element. 
that really only, you know, compares to the NBA Finals and NCAA March Madness. And they may sound crazy, but you ask anyone who's played in this thing and, and they'll mimic that, that same, same sentiment. Um, you know, they really admire and find the, the intensity of this thing so interesting. You got guys laying out for loose balls, fighting really hard until the end. Uh, it's something that you, you really just don't see many places. And I, I think once guys entered CBT, they also, you know, it, there's something about it that's very gravitating to them and they want to play in it every single summer. There's also the camaraderie aspect of it. The, the introduction of alumni teams and the proliferation of them over several years, the, the opportunity for guys to represent the programs that they care so much about, to reconnect with their coaching staff and the fan bases there, the people that have followed them, you know, for so many years, especially during their formative years, I think it is, is essentially, uh, you know, been one of the most motivating factors for a lot of these guys on Ohio State, on Marquette. Uh, you know, on now obviously on West Virginia and Marshall as well. These guys want to be able to wear the, the school colors to represent the school uh, and, and to make people proud. I, I think that means a lot to them. Joining us on the program, the basketball tournament bracket announced today, and Jake Provoski is with us to talk a little bit more about it. And um, you mentioned earlier, if a team has one positive test, the team's eliminated, but you've got something in place for that. Uh, you've got standby teams as well. How many do you have? And um, you know they're going through the same thing right now with the hopes of playing. I'm, I'm sure you don't want to get to that point where you have to bring them in, but still, uh, you've got that as a backup. Yeah, we have two standby teams. Uh, D2, which is a D2 uh, alumni team made up of players that all played at the D2 level and are now playing at high levels uh, overseas or in the G League, as well as playing for Jimmy V. Uh, which is a collection of a lot of guys who are playing overseas and uh, that they are partnered with the V foundation who obviously does a lot of work with ESPN. So really two very talented teams, two that could very easily fit into our field in a normal year and, and certainly win some games. So we're keeping those two teams on standby. They will be in our quarantine. They'll be subject to the same protocols as every other team. Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, we can't rule out the, the possibility that these two teams might be called into action. And if they do, uh, you know, it'll be as simple as slotting those teams into whatever uh, spot was vacated and, and continuing with the tournament. But, um, you know, we're hopeful we'll be able to just play with these 24 teams as is. We love the field as constructed, um, but we're confident in these two best standby teams as well. Uh, and know that regardless of what happens, uh, the, the level of intensity and the caliber of play will be incredibly high. Our guests from the basketball tournament, Jake Pavorsky, the basketball tournament taking place. July 4th to the 14th on ESPN, the family of networks. And, of course, the matchup we're all going to be watching, at least locally, will be Best Virginia versus Heard That. Uh, before we let you go, of course, uh, this basketball tournament also relies on fan support. So how do fans get involved? Because I know that's a big component of this. Yeah, it always has been. It, this has been a tournament you know, by fans for the fans. Uh, so anyone who is, is interested in getting involved with TVT can go on our website, and can click to register to become a fan of the team that they think wins it all. Obviously, locally, I imagine there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who will go and sign up for Best Virginia and heard that. Uh, the, all the fans of the team that wins TBT this year will split a $50,000 prize evenly. Uh, so an opportunity to you know not only have some skin in the game watching your favorite players, but to potentially win some cash on your own. So go to the tournament.com, you know, look through the field, look through the rosters, see what teams interest you and the team that you think uh, is the most likely to win TBT. Uh, click on register to be a fan, fill out an account, and uh, you know you could be walking home with a little bit of cash come July 14th. Jake, good luck with this. Uh, I'm excited. A lot of fans in the area are excited, and uh, 
thanks for the gift of putting these two teams together because uh, we can talk about this for weeks now. Thank you. That's a gift to us. Our pleasure. Uh, enjoy the tournament, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. That is Jake Pavorsky from the basketball tournament. From her, that, John Elmore, up next here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Uh, We just got off the phone from the basketball tournament. Jake Pavorsky, let's get in the program now. Uh, One of the leaders of Heard That one of the all-time greats at Marshall University, and I know that never gets old, John Elmore with us on the program. And, uh, John, I, I had to ask the question to the basketball tournament. Uh, it wasn't random. They knew. They put you and West Virginia together in the same bracket, same same, same day, first game you got to play. You got to play those guys. Um, were you smiling? Were you laughing? Were you like, what, what was your reaction when you saw that? I knew it was coming. I knew it was bad. I had I had a feeling. Uh, people had been talking about it. The two West Virginia schools, the in-state rivalry. Uh, I knew it was going to happen, man. You excited? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, several of the guys on our team don't forget the last time we played them, and they knocked us out of the tournament. So we're going in uh, looking for some sweet revenge, chip on our shoulder. Uh, I know it's different guys on both teams, but. Um, we're going in with revenge in mind, and uh, our goal is to win the whole thing. So it's a great honor to make the top 24 teams, over 125 applied, but our goal is to win the million dollars. Yeah, that's a big point there. Not everybody got to get to make the tournament this year, and you're one of the teams that gets in, and uh, that says a lot about your efforts and what has been happening over the last few years. I mean, West Virginia, the state itself, has become a hotbed for this tournament. No, no, I agree 100%. I mean, I'm sad that because of uh, COVID and everything going on that Charleston is no longer a host city for this year. Uh, I think that would have been sweet to match up with them in Charleston in front of 10,000-plus fans. But, you know, going to Columbus, um, playing in a game with no fans in the gym versus uh, the West Virginia alumni team, it's going to be a heck of a game, man. It's on ESPN in the middle of the summer. Um, Whoever wins the tournament gets a million-plus dollars, so. Um, it's better than what a lot of people are doing throughout the summer. Did you see what ESPN said when they were breaking down uh, all the teams in the tournament? I haven't. I haven't. I haven't read up on that yet. Yeah, it said if you're looking for scoring, heard that is the group to watch. The Marshall alumni team might not be blessed with an easy draw, but it won't be lacking entertainment value thanks to the presence of 2018 NCAA tournament hero John Elmore and CJ Burks. No, nah, man, that, that, that is, that's awesome. Um, I mean, like you said, I think that's one of the main draws that got us into the tournament. Is You know, on paper, we might not look the best, or talent-wise or size-wise, we might not be the best. But at the same time, the brand of basketball that we're bringing to the table, the D'Antoni system, playing fast, shooting threes, alley-oops, um, people want to see that. That's going to be great for ratings. And I think, I think with that style of play, we're capable of winning the whole thing. So I think the tournament had a pretty good understanding of that, and now you throw an in-state rivalry in there, uh, I think ratings will be phenomenal. Okay, now you look at West Virginia's roster, and they've got a talented roster. You look at your roster, I mean, come on. I mean, you get Ryan Taylor. Everyone loves Ryan Taylor. 
Uh, you got probably one of the hardest working guys I've ever met in Rondell Watson, but you got Chris Coakley there, man. UAB, I, I gotta, I gotta root for him now. I mean, come on, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so this year, um, we, I mean, going towards the Marshall alumni thing, um, when we were getting the roster and adding guys, um, our foundation, we wanted it to be a Marshall core group. So, um, we had five, we had a Rondell for six and, um, then we just kept thinking, like, man, we, we need to make sure that we have the size and athleticism. You know, being a small school, you don't always have a ton of guys that are still playing after college, and we're fortunate to have that. But we just kept thinking, kept thinking, where should we go for some size and athleticism? And thought about guys we had played. Some of the guys on the team had relationships with these guys. And um, we reached out to Chris Coakley, who's a former first-team all-conference guy at UAB. Um, I mean, he just destroyed us the past few years when we played him. So we added him. Zach Smith, who played at Texas Tech when they made their run, not to the Final Four, but the year before that, he was in the college slam dunk contest. So you can imagine how that type of athleticism will fit in our offense. Then we got Ryan Luther, who averaged a double-double in ACC at Pittsburgh, grad transfer, played his final year at Arizona. And then everybody remembers Corey Williams as well. He um, was Commerce Player of the Year, um, star at Middle Tennessee when they won a tournament game. So we added a lot of depth, athleticism, and talent that – we didn't have in the past couple of years, which will be fun. How tough has it been? Because right now you've got to go under quarantine, and that means you guys are going to lock down. Um, what's that process like? Is it locking down totally from your family? You know, how are you guys handling this to make sure that you're you test negative when you guys have to test for the the time that they can eliminate you? You know, it's been it's been really tough with all the precautions and how careful everybody has to be. Um, we're starting training camp on Friday. That means we're flying everybody in that's out of town. Everybody will be up in a hotel room. So, like you said, it is, quote, a fully quarantined tournament because one positive test or negative, um, that's doctor stuff, that's over my head, but one failed test and the whole team is disqualified. So it's been really tough from a financial sponsorship standpoint because we've got to get hotel rooms for 10-plus guys, coaching staff. We've got to get gym time. All, most gyms are closed, so we're having to get a private facility somewhere. I mean, it's just been really hectic. We're blessed to have had some great sponsors, um, some former Marshall people, Joe DeBurgis, who played at Marshall, um, great guy. Cam Brown, big Marshall guy as well. Guys like that have really um, really helped out the team a lot. Um, we're still looking. If anybody's interested in helping out or sponsoring the team, um, we really appreciate it. But like you said, it is tough because we have to lock everything down. We've got to get tested for the virus, multiple rounds of testing. Um, we're talking about doing a team test before we even get the TBT certified test. So we go in with a pretty good idea. Um, and all this stuff isn't cheap. So uh, we really had to be, work hard. But, I mean, I'm excited. And I think um, this thing is going to kick off Friday and we're going to see where it goes. You mentioned sponsorship, and that's been a, an interesting component of this tournament. Fan support, people getting behind you. So if uh, someone's listening right now, wants to help out, uh, where do you direct them? Um, just get in touch with me. Um, one of my social media pages, uh, my email, elmore33 at gmail.com. Um, anything, just get in contact with me. Anything helps. We've had um, restaurants want to come out and say they want to sponsor team meals, stuff like that. So with everybody kind of being on lockdown, we've got to – We've got to get catering, meals covered, hotels covered, flight expenses, gym time. I mean, the list is on and on. So we've been lucky to have some um, very um, great people want to be involved with the team. And we're, I mean, we're still looking, but 
Um, we're just lucky to be in the tournament, and we're excited to uh, enjoy the whole process. How hard is it going to be? Because you know, you're um, you're father to be. I know that's going to be tough on you to, to go through this, uh, and I know you have everyone's blessing. You're doing this, but still, that's got to be tough on you personally. To knowing, I mean, it's for a lot of guys, I'm sure. No, no, you're right, 100. percent We've got two guys on the team, I believe, that have young kids. Uh, one's a few months. One has a kid that's a few months old, and one has a kid that's like eight or nine months old. And Father's Day is coming up. So we're trying to have guys commit to training camp this Father's Day. They're going to have to be away from their wife and kids and their girl and kids. I mean, sacrifices are having to be made. And, I mean, we're very appreciative of the group of guys we have, all great people, um, genuinely want to see each other win and succeed. So, I mean, that's what it's going to take. We're going to all have to be on the same page. We're all going to have to sacrifice. And, I mean, the question you ask yourself is, is it worth doing all that with a chance to win over a million-plus dollars? the split of the team and uh most people have said yes it is so we're excited but like you said there's definitely some sacrifices um time and family time that goes into this okay now here's the important question um of course your brother odd elmore he is going to be the general manager of this team is he the general manager coach is that going to be john elmore as the coach how's that working here i think he's more of like a jackie moon role gm player coach promoter um, social media guy. I mean, I think he's kind of kind of covering all faucets. Um, but no, I mean, we're all looking forward to it. He's going to play. Uh, he played last year. We're going to need him to knock down some shots. But we've got a lot of depth and a lot of talent, so we're excited. Um, our coaching staff is my dad, um, Tommy Orchid, local guy. He played at um, West Virginia Tech and University of Charleston, um, runs ball and plumbing in West Virginia, so um, very fortunate to have them. Chris Duhon, former Marshall assistant coach, is going to help in training camp and kind of get everybody in shape and on the same page, implementing the Marshall style. Are you staying away from Jared um, West? Because that kid, he's got he's got some interest in the other camp. Are you staying away from that guy? Man, we are not giving him any inside stuff. I mean, he might know a few of our plays, but – we're, we're changing the names, all of that, because he's pretty informed on what we want to do. And uh, he's got some ties to the West Virginia team. I hear his dad's coaching West Virginia. So um, I don't know who he's going to root for, man. And I'm, I'm interested to hear his answer because, I mean, several of his former teammates are on this team. So I, I don't know, Jared. Be careful, man. Oh, I already know the answer because I had him on a few weeks ago, and he indicated the money. Dad, wow. the money. Yeah, he, he went money and dad, family. Wow. What about your Marshall family, Jared? That's that's what I, I just want you to think about that, Jared. I mean, we we'll go back and verify on the podcast. We've got it recorded, but yeah, I, I put him I put him on the spot, and he's like, you know, uh, yeah, he loves you guys, but at the end of the day, you know, um, Dad, the money, you know, I, I guess he was. Um, I mean, you wouldn't think you would sell your brothers out for a million, right? No, I, I totally understand. Jared's a great dude, um, great player. I, I understand the family connection and, and the money. Like I was saying, that million dollars, that, that speaks to people. Joining us on the program, John Elmore, of course, the uh, basketball tournament coming up. Uh, it'll start July 4th. Heard that will be July 5th against Best Virginia. And then the winner, which will be you, uh, will be taking on the money team. Um, that's a team I just want to get knocked out, period, just because. <laughs> just because. I mean, Yeah, I know. They're a talented team, man. And they have Devin Williams, West Virginia player, too. So that's an interesting dynamic. 
Yeah, I, I looked at the bracket and I'm like, okay, let me circle one team I don't like, and it's the money team just because uh, of the background there. But uh, you're probably not amazed, but this thing has really taken off over the years. And as we talked about earlier, you're in the tournament, heard that one of uh, a handful of teams that maybe get to do this on a yearly basis. There are so many quality teams that didn't get to get in this tournament. And this isn't just some fly-by-night tournament. I mean, we've seen tournaments come and go over the last few years. This one's really stayed. It's it's stuck. It And the talent is just so good. No, and I... I agree with what you're saying because I don't, I think, I don't think most people realize how big time of an event it is and how legit it is. Um, you're talking about, I mean, just looking at the rosters this year, I mean, usually it's 64 teams, but just looking at the roster this year, I mean, you have guys that are essentially college basketball legends. You've got over guys that are playing overseas that are some of the greatest overseas players of all time. And then you've got former NBA guys that have been quote all stars or had, great NBA careers that are playing in it now. So, I mean, this is the best of the best that are playing in this game because, I mean, when there's a that type of money on the line, um, it brings out some talent. So I don't think people understand or slash realize how good the level of basketball is and the type of players that are playing in it. And like you said, there's a reason it's sticking around and getting bigger and bigger. They just signed, I believe, a seven-year deal with ESPN to keep covering the tournament. So, um where where it started to where it is now to where it's going to go, it's just been really impressive. And a, a great part of this tournament is you're going to be the only major basketball going on at that time. And I'm sure this is going to be full of scouts looking at this. This is going to be a great showcase for guys maybe to get a second chance, to get a second look at eventually making the NBA. Um, I know – there's always a scout in the crowd somewhere, and so this could be this could be your moment. This could be anyone's moment. Mm-hmm. First, first live basketball on television. I mean, there's not a whole lot of sports going on right now, so putting basketball back on ESPN with the tournament. Uh, I know they're taking a ton of precautions, but that's how serious they are about having the tournament. How big of an event it is, and playing on ESPN in the middle of summer with a bunch of dudes you went to college with and guys you know um, isn't a bad way to spend some of your summer. Joining us on the program, one of the all-time greats at Marshall University and member of Heard That, John Elmore. Good luck, man. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that first game. I know we all are, and uh, hopefully we're talking about this uh, all the way to the championship. Thanks, my guy. Go Heard That, baby. It's John Elmore. You heard it. Go Heard That. We will have more on the program when we continue. I'm Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Before we go today, we want to remind you that um, there's a guy right now that needs to be voted into the College Football Hall of Fame. The ballot is out today. And, of course, one guy that is on the list that Every time I get a chance to vote for, I do, is Chris Parker. So ballot comes out today. Uh, Chris Parker is um, possibly going to the Hall of Fame if enough people vote him in. Why should you vote him in? Well, I'm going to make this pitch to everybody I know that has a vote. Only a first-team All-American pick, member of the 1992 National Championship team, 
led Marshall back to the national title game in 93 and 95. Um, of course, 93-95 runner-ups still. 31 games with at least 100 yards rushing. Finished with 5,924 yards rushing and 68 touchdowns. So Chris Parker, if you gave the ball to Chris Parker, good things happened. And so the ballot comes out today from the National Football Foundation, and he's on the ballot. It's a big deal to be on the ballot for the first place. Huge deal. But at, at the same time, if you're in this, that means um, you've got a lot of competition and a lot of quality candidates. And if you're going to talk about someone I think uh, deserves his spot, it's Chris Parker. Now, um, there's some guys on this list that, you know, you look down and they're, they're of course, Chris would get in because at the time he was in one double A. He would get in because they're, they're separate divisions. So Chris would get into that division, but still, you're in the Hall of Fame. If you look at the ballot top, the bottom, you scroll down the list, and one guy that I think definitely deserves to get in is Aaron Beasley from West Virginia. Um, you look at what he did, only a consensus first-team All-American, led the nation interceptions in 1994, had 10, two-time first-team All-Big East selection, led West Virginia to an undefeated regular season, and the 1993 Big East title. At 19 career interceptions, holds two of the top five single-season performances in Mountaineer history. I mean, here's a guy who, if you're voting, I'm probably going to check his name. Just scrolling down the list here. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to see. I know uh, there are so many names that I'm familiar with and you're probably familiar with as well. So if, uh, if you're interested, go to the footballfoundation.org. You can see the ballot there. You can see some of these guys here. But uh, Chris Parker, definitely, uh, I am going to, once again, make that selection. I vote for the West Virginia guys. Always do. Not just the not just the Marshall guys. I try to vote for the guys in-state, maybe from the state or who played in-state, because if they're good enough, I'm going to give them a vote. I'm going to support those guys. I mean, come on. I mean, we got some good football going on here in the state, and I try to keep an eye on all the uh, players that are from the state or played in the state, but definitely Chris Parker. Uh, he's a guy that's um, up for consideration, one of the best all-time at Marshall University, and hopefully we can get him in to the Hall of Fame. That would be cool, wouldn't it? I think so. That's going to do it for this edition. I want to thank our producer, Spencer Dupuy. For Spencer, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. And if you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our social media channels. That's right. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. For Spencer, I'm Paul. Thanks for tuning in. Good night, everyone.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.